You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. Hey everybody, <laughs> welcome to a surprising edition of Facebook Live Q&A. Surprise, welcome. I am here with the amazing, the talented, the incomparable voice of the community, Cindy. What is up, Cindy? Hello, everyone. Wow, that was like really like I felt that. That was yeah. uh, amazing. Thanks. Nice. Yeah, I'm working on it. We're going to be answering some questions today. We are going to be answering plenty like of questions. Of Did everybody have a good time yesterday, May the 4th? We certainly had a lot of fun yes. around here. It was a blast. And Come mad shout out to Casey, who I hope is able to hear my voice from the other room. I she so. wins the award for most dressed up yesterday. She I think definitely that, did. Without question. Was amazing. There she is. What is up? Do you want to come say hello? Nice. Ah, I'm, we got a special I know. This is incredible. Casey. The league is going to go nuts. Like they're always saying, like Casey and Courtney need to come out of the shadows. You have to duck down a little bit. There she is. Hi, everybody. She was dressed as Princess Leia yesterday. It was pretty amazing. Like the buns, all yeah. white. Oh, scary. I wish we could put it up live. That would be incredible. I know. One day Soon. we'll have the technology. <laughs> exactly. We're like, here's the photo. <laughs> but that was good stuff. We had a blast. Yeah, all right. Yeah. You want to kick us off some questions? Yeah. So we actually have some questions from our last um, Q&A. Rightly so. So this one comes from Jumaine Sabian Cabrera. Jumaine, very active in the community. Yes, he is. And in keeping with our theme. And he's from asked, Tacoma, by the way. He is? He's the one. Oh, he's the Tacoma one. He is the Tacoma one. All right. I well, in keeping with our theme, he wants to know, who is your favorite Star Wars character and which Jedi would you want to be? Yoda. There's just, Yoda. yeah. I, I love that little so, guy. Exactly. So <laughs> there's not a lot going on from a physical standpoint with Yoda, but what he proves is that the mind really is the most powerful thing. And I actually prefer him when he's a puppet. I'm not a big fan of the CGI Yoda, where he's like flipping and going crazy, and they try to he, basically say like he can do all the things physically. I think he's more interesting when he's limited physically and has to rely entirely on his mind. Oh. I could have done without Yoda wielding a lightsaber, if I'm completely honest. So I'm more talking like Empire Strikes Back Yoda. Okay. Um, where, oh man, just like the all the stuff that he's doing with Luke and his mind. And he, oh, what does he say? It's not different, only different in your mind. Because Luke is saying, oh, it's so different. You know, it's one thing to like raise rocks. And it's another to try to get my X-Wing out of the Dagobah swamp. And Yoda and all of his wisdom, uh, it's just like it's only different in your mind. Like there are so many great, real, empowering statements that come flying out of that little guy's mouth. And then, of course, the syntax, which is hilarious. <laughs> Judge me by my size, do you? I mean, the whole yeah. nine is just, he's amazing. So if I could be anyone, I'd be Yoda for shways. Yoda's pretty cool. Yes. And we like um, broke down his syntax in a linguistics class I took. Really? Yeah, just because it's... It's still English and like it's still grammatically sound, if you will. Right. It's just, it throws us off because that's not how we speak. Yes. Or yes. Ever. So, Out yeah. of order it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, indeed. But it's still grammatically correct. Crazy. All right. So, this next one comes from Made Line. I'm curious in personal situations with family or old friends, you know, holidays, dinner parties, et cetera. 
How do you stay in personal development mode when they are all far from interested in it? Um, well, let's differentiate between being in personal development mode and preaching. <laughs> so I am, I am fully in uh, listen and learn mode when I'm around most people, to be honest. And because people only see the content that I create, they maybe think that I walk around talking like this all the time, which I very much do not. Um, yeah, I don't proselytize. So if uh, you see me at a speaking event or you see the content that we create, then yes, I'm externalizing, I'm pushing the information out there, uh, but I don't spend the bulk of my time there. And very much when I'm with my family or any group of people, for the most part, I'm listening, right? So if you want to be interesting, be interested, ask people questions, find out what they're interested in, see what you can learn from them. Uh, I really, really believe that everybody has something to teach you. And if you put yourself in that mode, you'll walk away way more enriched. Now, if somebody asks me a question, of course, I'll give them the answer. But like... Even I recognize I click over into something when I'm really like going on something and conveying passion and all of that. And that's hyper weird in a living room. So like for the most part, I mean, there are times, sure, where like it just seems appropriate and people are really asking questions and you get in the groove and all that. But mm, nine times out of 10, man, be at a family function, have a good time, um, find out what's going on in people's lives, listen, listen, learn. That's it. Nice. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a different scenario when you're with your friends and family. It's kind of unguarded, and you never want them to feel judged in any way. For sure. And, and it's so super. Sometimes that's what it comes off as for them. Definitely. Yeah. And it's also um, really unsexy to like always be going on about that kind of stuff, right? So yeah. it's like have a normal conversation. Find out what's going on in somebody else's life. Soak it up. That's that's the key. Major key. Major key. Nice. <laughs> All right. So this next one um, comes from Jamie McDonald. What are the best business um, extreme mental shifts or questions you have received? For example, Tim Ferriss talks about what would I what would it take to 10x your business in six months, etc. Okay. So stuff like that. Um, well, that's a great one, which um, I, I think originates with Peter Thiel. Um, certainly, you also get Peter Diamandis mm -hmm. talking about it. Don't go for 10% improvement, 10 exit. Um, the, the most important business uh, notion for me is to do whatever's going to move you towards your goals, right? So from a business perspective, um, knowing what you're trying to accomplish and then working backwards, looking at how the market is responding, like that's just, that's so critical to be results oriented. There's nothing more important in business. And, and so speaking of Tim Ferriss, there's a really great episode with Noah Kagan that he did on Creative Live where they took people that were trying to like sell something and mm -hmm. showed them how to do it and showed them the mistakes they were making. And Noah Kagan, I really think has one of the, and he's got a, a podcast out there. He has one of the greatest minds on the planet for going from zero sales to your first sale. Like there's just, I don't know, there's something about his ability to explain it, his ability to read the hole in the market, to find out what people are trying to actually buy, not what you want to sell, what people actually want to buy. He's incredibly gifted at that. Um, so if you do a search for Tim Ferriss, Noah Kagan, um, Creative Live, it'll come up for sure. 
Uh, and that's just a perfect example. And this question was specifically framed around business. I want to remind everybody of that. So of how to get that sale, like that is just mm -hmm. critical. And then remembering that business at the end of the day, companies are people, customers are people. So the game you're playing is psychology. So really understanding people, really understanding what that's about, really identifying what's a need, how to solve that need. That's another thing. Make sure that your business solves a problem. Um, you know, it's something I've talked about here before. People look at our content, they don't understand the problem we're actually solving because they think that the content is our product. The content is not our product, that's why we give it away for free. The content is our marketing. Our product, honestly, is, isn't even the thing that people are gonna think about as our product. Our, people will think that the product is the content, uh, the traditional narrative content that we put out. Mm -hmm. So the comic books, the books, the movies, the TV yeah. shows, the video games, they're gonna think that's the product. But in reality, what we're really doing is helping artists monetize because I think that's the only way that you're going to be able to get the greatest artists, which is how we're going to um, have the impact that we want to have by changing the cultural narrative. I won't go into it here, but just really understanding like what the problem is that you solve. So we know how to help build the infrastructure and the marketing to help people monetize their creative content. We want to crowdsource it, blah, blah, blah. So you're reaching out to the people out there. They're not going to know how to do that. Creatives have to decide if they're going to learn how to market or if they're going to double down on being creative. And if they're going to market, are they also going to figure out how to create the, um, the things, the physical things that they're selling? And that's how like the publishing industry exists because they know how to market and create the physical books. That's obviously being um, democratized and more and more people are self-publishing. And so now they're shifting their value add to the marketing side because most people don't know how to do that. So anyway, it's just really, really understanding like what problem is it that you're solving because that will determine determine the, the products or services that you're putting out in the market, how to tailor them. So just, I, uh, I'm so tempted to keep going on about that because that is one of the most fundamental mistakes that beginning entrepreneurs make. They don't actually understand what value they bring. So like, I'll give you an example. Um, if you're trying to be um, a personal trainer, that one comes up a lot. People want to be a mm -hmm. personal trainer. Um, that's one-on-one, -on -one. that isn't gonna scale. So if people come and say, you know, I'm gonna revolutionize the personal training industry, and so you're gonna do what, right? You're going to um, make videos? It's, that's not gonna work because there are so right. many people making these videos. There's so many great people out there already solving that problem. So what is it that you're, like what problem are you identifying in it? Because it isn't a lack of videos. There are tons of videos so many. from almost amazing people. Uh, maybe not even almost. So it's like, <laughs> And this was a conversation that I had with somebody, um, I won't mention who they are, but they, I hope, realized their real play was to become the platform with which other people put their videos up. Because you have so many people doing the videos. The value add is to the people making the videos who want to monetize mm -hmm. their community, right? Yeah. That's recognizing the real problem that you solve and then being able to build things around that. So that's just super critical. And a lot of times the problem isn't as... It's not the fun thing that you want to talk about, right? I want to talk about the movies. I want to talk about the comic books, but I recognize there are plenty of those being made. And so if you're trying to launch a studio, which we are, then you have to figure out what's really your value proposition because there's already plenty of great studios out there. Very true. Boom. All right, so this next one comes from Steve Thompson. Tom, on your, um, in your podcast with Mind Pump, you... Wait... What would you, what would be your one magic genie wish if you had one? 
Okay, so on the Mind Pump episode, I think we talked about yeah. that. Um, so first of all, mad shout out to the boys at Mind Pump. I really, really like those guys. Justin, Sal, Adam. Amazing. And for everybody, I just want to point out that Adam is the fantastically good looking and um, intelligent one. Or so he texted me yesterday. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Um, those guys are amazing. Really, really fun. Go check them out. Mind Pump Media. Uh, you can follow them on Instagram. and get anything for telling you that other than I really, really like them. Um, so, okay, there's only one wish, in my opinion, to spend on a Magic Genie. I've spent an absurd amount of time thinking about this. Most people go immediately to money that's super short-sighted. By the way, it's a Magic Genie, so don't ask for anything that as a human being you could already get. Ask for something magical. Um, mm -hmm. And to me, the answer is through simple thoughts to be able to change matter into anything that you want. So you could change a bowl of M&Ms into a billion dollars. You could change, you could terraform a planet. You could, you cancer, I don't think so. It's now healthy tissue. Um, you could supercharge your brain. I mean, you could literally do anything. So, yeah. and I say through simple thoughts so that you could say it's not cancer, it's now healthy tissue instead of having to actually understand the biomechanics of it. Yeah. Uh, because when you start and haven't had a chance to level up your brain, which of course is going to be one of the first things that you do, but until you've been able to do that, you're not actually going to understand all of that right. stuff. So, yeah, that's it. I, and if somebody's That's got a better a really one, I'm super one. open. I will immediately adopt it. That's a really it. good one. But that that was me thinking through, like, people go, I want to fly. I want x-ray vision. Yeah. I want a trillion dollars. But it's always, like, finite. It's always that one thing. You essentially need to be able to become the magic genie. That's got to be the, mm. without being trapped in the bottle, of course. So. <laughs> oh, the bottle. <laughs> that used to make me so sad. <laughs> but they always just get like, out in the end. That's like the like, thing. It was just one of those weird things as a kid. It just made me sad yeah. thinking about like. Yeah, oh. fair enough. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so as a reminder, just if this content is adding value to you guys out there yes. in the community, please share it for us. We're looking to grow. And if we're adding value, that would just be super appreciated that would be amazing thank you guys so much yeah. and if you're just joining us by the way this is facebook live q a mm -hmm. uh where we answer your questions so send them in if you're sitting right now in the live post a question we'll try to answer it today if we don't answer it today we will almost certainly answer it in the next one so virtually every question gets answered yes we're gonna keep plugging away we have a couple shout outs first love me some shout outs. all right so this one comes from ryan his birthday is tomorrow oh. and he would love to get a high from you and lisa nice well, well ryan on my behalf i will say <laughs> happy birthday man amazing amazing and oh, oh, oh. lisa just Hold we got to get it on a mic say it again Well, I hope you can hear that, Ryan. That's from Lisa. And I was going to say until she chimed in on the walkie-talkie that uh, to shame her and to get her to be more social. Because my wife, um, I was giving her a hard time. It was really stressing her out. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you wanna have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, 
Today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. If getting your hands dirty and taking good care of your car or cars is a passion of yours, then eBay Motors is here for the ride because I'm sure you remember when you first saw the potential in that beauty. And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with eBay Motors. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This morning, so I backed off, but uh, it would be amazing to see her out there more. And people are definitely like commenting on my socials because she doesn't reply. Um, and she does want to. So we're hopefully our internship program, because my wife is not lazy. Let me tell you, this is not because she's just like, oh, whatever. It'll help alleviate some of the things. It'll help alleviate some of the things that are just eating her time alive. Yeah. So that'd be great. Um, And then we have a few more shout-outs. Peter Staples tuning in from the UK, Naomi Hernandez from El Salvador, and Daniel Breeze from Canada. Dude, respect. These are all in the lives. It's amazing. I love it. Well, thank you guys all. All different time zones and... So it's much appreciated you guys yeah, no tuning kidding. in to watch us. Amazing. All right. This next question comes from Danbro Fitness. Danbro Fitness. Always um, in the house. Do you find brain injuries um, and ways to cure them interesting? My dad had a leaking blood vessel in his brain many Oof. years ago and had to have a brain operation, which now causes minor symptoms similar mm. to epilepsy. Oh, I would love to learn more about it. Where would you turn? Okay, so let's start at the beginning. Do I find it fascinating? I find it more terrifying than fascinating. I'm going to be really honest. So we all have that thing that like scares us to death. And mine mm-hmm. is brain injury. Um, I try not to think too much about it because you have a way of like making that shit in, like bringing it into your life. And I'm not like a secret guy, uh, but I don't know. Just thinking about it too much just seems like a really bad strategy. Um, so yes, it freaks me out. It is very intriguing, the repair side, and I'm incredibly interested in where this is all going. And if I could just bring every conversation back around to, um, human, what did we decide, Chase? Human deus? Deus. Deus. Human deus. Homo. Homo Homo deus. deus, Sorry. H-O-M-O space D-U-E-S D-E-U-S D-E-U-S. Having a stroke over here. Chase, Um, put it in the comments. (laughs) 
Yeah, that would be perfect. Do that. Um, by Yuval Noah Harari. It is it is an unbelievable book, and he talks about brain up. Uh, he talks about the notion of what's going to happen when we start doing brain upgrades. It isn't a book about brain upgrades, but um, what the world looks like when AI algorithms, um, our ability to biologically engineer ourselves to adjust our own biology, when all of that stuff really comes to fruition, like what does the world look like? Um, he said something, and I have not fully synthesized this book yet. I'm still reading it, but like, it is rare that a book captures me like this. This book has totally got me. Like, all I want to do is read. I don't want to be doing the Q and A right now. I just want to be reading this fucking <laughs> book. Like, it is so unbelievable. We're really trying to get this guy on the show. If anybody watching has a link to him, dude, let him know. We want to get him on. Uh, but anyway. As people begin to change their brain, it is going to change everything. And in the book, he talks about how the gap will, if because almost certainly some people in society will opt not to augment themselves. Mm -hmm. And he said the gap will grow larger between people who augment and people who don't, larger than between Homo sapiens and Neanderthals. So I just thought, he goes even farther to say that basically people who choose not to will become extinct in no uncertain terms. I think he's right. So that's a very long way of saying, yes, I find it incredibly, incredibly interesting. Now, where would I turn? Um, I think there are really two just extraordinary minds writing on the topic right now, and that's David Eagleman and V.S. Ramachandran. Um, I don't know that Moran has written a lot, though he is incredible. You can watch um, episodes of Impact Theory on all three of them. Um, David is probably the one working most closely with this because he believes in adjusting sensory yeah. perception, but he's not a big believer in actually opening the brain and augmenting it that way. Um, so, but they would be amazing jumping off points. Start there, researching that stuff. Um, and you can always drop in brain and augmentation into Google and see where that takes you. It will take you somewhere fascinating, I'm sure. Take you down a rabbit hole. All right. Indeed. So this next one comes from Naomi Hernandez. Nice. Um, she says, love IT so much. Thank you. Thank you. So Tom, how do you create and maintain a sense of urgency to make things work when you are not really backed into a corner in terms of money? Oh, man. That's so such... Keeping the Naomi, Naomi, what an amazing question. All right. Here's how I do it. First of all, I promise you, Loving what you are trying to create is the most important part, okay? It's 80-20, right? 80% beauty, 20% rage. But the 80% the beauty is like what you want to do, the thing that you're trying to accomplish so captivates you that you just can't help yourself but think about it. And that's why I always tell people, inside you right now is something that you think about all the time, something that you find interesting. It's not a full-blown passion yet. I get that. You're going to have to develop it in the pursuit of mastery. You'll realize whether it's going to be something you're going to fall in love with and then ultimately turns into a full-blown passion. But like, there are things you're interested in right now. And people always write them off because they can't see a path to making money at it. Okay? That, uh, that's a whole nother thing and we'll have to get into learning business principles and like figuring out how to solve a problem within that world and the difference between, take video games for instance. I love playing video games, but I'm probably not gonna make a living playing video games, but I also like the world of video games. I like the artwork, I like the concept, I like the people that it attracts, I like all of that. So being in the world of video games is in and of itself interesting. So for instance, you could go be an accountant for a video gaming company. It isn't playing video games for a living, but it might be more exciting for you than being an accountant in, um, 
an actuarial firm or something like that. So it's coming down to being in the universe. And then if you really specifically want to, um, you know, make a living doing something closer to that than really diving in and finding out what are the problems that you can solve within that thing. But anyway, so back to your question, how do you keep that fire going when you don't have um, real um, financial concerns? So one, it's the falling in love with it. Two, it's really getting into um, the wanting to solve the problem. So for me, it's like I really want to solve the problem. Um, so I'm thinking about it in moments of um, downtime, like this morning in the shower. I had some amazing ideas, which I can't wait to share with the team. Um, and I thought... Shower thoughts. Yes, hashtag shower <laughs> thoughts. You're absolutely right. Um, and that's because I'm, I'm excited about it. And then the third thing that I do is I remind myself that only momentum matters. So I'm constantly thinking about it. I'm forcing myself to do it. I allocate my time accordingly. I audit my behaviors based on the belief that urgency matters, that you have to move quickly. And I've literally just repeated that, repeated that, repeated that, and made it a part not only of my own internal life, but also reinforce it in the team here so that it gets echoed back so that we all believe in speed. We're all focused on that. We all believe in momentum. Each one of us is pushing. So if on a day where I'm not the one who's creating the momentum, somebody else is because we're all trying to get to that thing. And then like, this one's going to be a little controversial, but there are things that success affords me. And I always move the goalposts, right? So 80-20 um, again. So 80% of me is like, oh my God, I can't believe how much I've created and done for myself. And this is amazing. I've been able to help my family. And oh my God, this is wonderful. And yay, we've succeeded. And then 20% of me is like, dude, like really? This is where you're going to stop? This is like, you can't terraform. You can't build rocket ships. You can't do some of the amazing things that you want to do. Um, There's so many things that I find interesting that I want to bring to the world that I, I just don't have the capital and the access to resources to do, and I want to make sure that I get there. So, um, yeah. If I had to boil it all down to one thing, be excited about what you're trying to create. That's it. Get excited. The rest Hashtag will happen. truth bombs right there. Word. Um, so we actually have, like, a community update. So Josh Mar Joshua Martell, he took mm -hmm. your advice from one of the Q&As. Um, when he went to the Ep Epcot International Art Festival Whoa. and he um, shadowed um, that artist That's that he was right. following. Yes. Yeah. So he said that he recently received a thank you note saying, I really appreciated your time and willingness to help me out. Wow. And he also included a gift card for $100 for art supplies. Nice. So, and most know. importantly, that's the beginning of a real relationship, exactly. right? So think of that as a seed planted. It's not like um, the punchline of going out and donating your time to somebody is a $100 gift card. Right. But really think about how much he must have impacted that person for him. Because this was like a month ago like or six weeks ago or something. Ago right? Point, so like maybe, maybe even longer than that. For him to be thinking about him still, mm -hmm. for him to send that and have been so moved. So now when there comes an opportunity <clears throat> where um, he could extend something to somebody else, I promise you Joshua's going to be one of the first people that he thinks of. And it's not about having one person that thinks of you like that. It's about having 25, 50, 100 people that think of you like that. Like really like continuing this as a method to give value first. I just cannot stress that enough. To give value first with no expectation of return. You do that enough with enough people and they feel like, wow, man, like this guy really looked after yeah. me. He really wanted something great for me. And out of that will come something amazing. Think of yourself on a long timeline. Don't think of it like I did something this weekend and by next weekend I better have gotten a payoff. Like do something today. It might not pay off for five, six, seven years, 
right? But you do that enough, I'm telling you, it is incredible the avalanche of cool stuff that would come your way. So that's awesome, Joshua. I think you were one of the brightest, shiniest spots of this community. Um, just good vibes, like pour off that kid. Uh, if he keeps that up, good things, good yeah. things will happen. He's also working really hard in his own art, which, which is, is incredible. It's already good, and I just can't imagine where it's going to be in 10 years. So It's going to keep getting better, which is so cool. All right, this next one comes from Peter Staples. Nice. Love all the content, so thank you for your time and effort. Tom, when networking or just generally meeting new people, how do you tell whether they have a growth mindset or not? At, in that moment, is there a way to know? Um, sure, but why do we care? So, all right, well, here's He's how. Like, break it down. Yeah. All right. First of all, I think it matters why you want to know that. Um, I, I'm going to presume that you want to partner with them. That, that gives me a framework with which to work off of. Mm -hmm. So if you're trying to network to find a partner and you want to know if they have a growth mindset to be a partner. Um, I don't have a set list of questions that I ask people sorry, in a networking David. situation. Sorry, I missed half the question. Okay. Um, the other half is, and if they're fixed, would you just be compassionate and end the conversation or try to encourage them and open their eyes to a growth mindset? Never try to encourage them. Never right, try to open their mind to a growth mindset. I'm telling that, that's proselytizing. That Danger, framework. danger, Will Robinson. Don't go down that path. A, you will come across like a dick. I promise. Uh, and then B, there's nothing more likely to shove somebody into a fixed mindset corner than saying, hey, bro, you have a fixed mindset. Let me help you out. Um, like they're, they're going to react like you are radioactive. So do not do that. Um, always meet people with compassion. Um, and then also, honestly, like if you're focused more on, and I'll get back to the assumption that you're looking for a partner in a second, but um, always be looking to see what you can learn from somebody. One, mm -hmm. people love that. They love to teach. They love to give their knowledge. So it's not, it will not be read as something that's parasitic. It will be read as like, whoa, this person really is interested. They're really keen to hear what I have to say. And it only gets weird when it's two learners that meet and they're each like trying to learn from the other and like nobody wants to click over into teaching mode. Um, but you'll find that, that, you know, people are pretty, um, easy to get into a mode of talking about what excites them, what they're passionate about to offer you something that will be empowering for you. Um, so I always lead with that. And then, um, realizing whether somebody has a growth mindset, when people talk, they cannot help but reveal themselves. So I just try to get people to talk. So you don't need to ask them a set list of questions. Trust me, it will come out of them. It will come pouring out, oozing out. The real concern is whether you understand a growth mindset well enough to detect it in other people. I was thinking about this sort of obsessively this morning, the notion that the only people that really can read other people are people that understand themselves. Mm. The reason for that is biomechanical. So the gift that nature has given us to be able to really understand people develop what's called a theory of mind where you're looking at somebody and you're able to project into their mind and how they'd be perceiving you in the situation. The way that we do that is by mimicking their facial expressions, their body posture, all that stuff because we're literally then internalizing, literally feeling their feelings. Um, but if you don't understand what that feeling is, what the origin of that feeling is, when you have it, it's sort of just a blind experience. So really developing the self-awareness to understand like what your motives are, 
what your emotions mean, what's triggering them, where it's all coming from, gives you the ability to understand it in other people. And it's just about doing the deep work to say, I'm having this emotion, what's this based on? Come up with a hypothesis, test it. Is that right? Is that really what it's coming from? Maybe not. Um, but doing that, like understand thyself first. The, the greatest form of mind control, this isn't the exact quote, but it's from Da Vinci. The greatest form of control is control over oneself, right? Um, so I always, so that actually is a direct quote. The way I think of it is the greatest form of mind control is control over one's own mind. So, uh, the point of being a Jedi is not to control other people. It's really to control yourself and in being able to understand and control yourself. You can understand people and influence them. So, but that's where it all starts. So if you really do have that level of awareness, uh, and really do understand a growth mindset and a fixed mindset within yourself enough, you will, I promise, recognize it in other people very rapidly. You just have to get them talking. Good advice. All right. So this next one comes from Gabriel Delibrali. De um, I would like to know about your opinion on the symbolism on the Matrix as a whole, and um, especially on the part where Neo surrenders to Agent Smith, gets reassimilated, and the world is changed. What meaning do you take away from that scene? Oh, are we talking about the second and the third one? Because uh, in the know. first one, which is the only one that I acknowledge, he doesn't get reassimilated. <laughs> um, so I cannot help you with a <laughs> breakdown of anything in two and three. Um, I, I've seen them. I was so mortified and heartbroken uh, that I have literally put them out of my mind. I remember virtually nothing. There are amazing, amazing, amazing breakdowns on the symbolism, which I have not gone hardcore into even on the first one. Symbolism, mm -hmm. not the allegory, right. but the symbolism um, on YouTube. Go watch those videos. They will blow your mind. They will do so much better than I could possibly hope to do here. People that have really, really gone into the symbolism in all three films and what they mean. Hearing other people break down the second and the third films, it's like, whoa, the, the Wachowskis really may have been like coherent through all three. Like if you're sort of on their like ultra intricate, super nuanced, mm -hmm. have to understand every word that somebody is saying way, like it may all actually be there. Um, but as films, the second two don't work. All right. If I could just be real blunt. Yeah, I don't think I remember the second or third one. There's a reason. But I also may have never watched them. Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't very helpful, but... Hey, but, you know, YouTube is a resource, so we videos. pointed you somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy that. Okay. If you want to talk the allegory in the first film at some point, All right. That. So, as a reminder, because, you know, the David Goggins episode is coming Goggins. out. Goggins. <laughs> yeah. The champ begins. Um, on May 21st, we'll be kicking off our hashtag SummerReadyIT. There it is. Um, challenge that Tom is going to be announcing. Um, so, check out the league or Tom's social channels, Instagram and Facebook for more details yeah. upcoming. Just a little preview of that. And for those second hashtag, live. get ready to suffer. That's why this is all tied <laughs> to Goggins. So, yep. And look, meh, I think anybody that really gets lean suffers. So this is all about um, doing something to build some mental toughness, to embrace suffering, to get a result, which I think is really important in life. Um, and then also you'll be pool ready for summer. So you can't hate on that. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm really, it really was born of that episode of wanting to find something that I cared enough about to do, um, that would put me in a place of suffering. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And uh, so what we've come upon is just getting real summer ready. Um, so I'm going to get nice and lean. Uh, the only backstop I'll put on that is my face does start to look weird when I'm super lean. So I have to be a little cognizant. I gave my wife like basically the brake pad. So if it's getting too much, she'll pull the ripcord or press the brakes since we'll stick with one, <laughs> one, uh, metaphor. one metaphor. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, that's the thing. So it's going to start with a three day fast. So anybody that's interested in that on the lead up to the David Goggins episode and kicks off on the 21st, right? So it kicks off on the 21st. Sunday, yeah. So Sunday. Sunday, call it 7 or 8 p.m. I'll, we'll determine that later. Um, will be the last uh, bit of food that you consume. And then not for 72 full hours will we consume food again. It's one of those things. Um, if you have eating issues, any sort of food disorder, you need to stay away from it. First of all, just like know thyself. Um, do it under a doctor's supervision. I've been experimenting, self-experimenting with um, nutrition and my own body for a very, very, very long time. So I'll be doing what I know works for me. Mm -hmm. um, so people, don't, it's not necessarily a game of doing exactly what I do. Um, I'll be broadcasting what I do so that you guys can... Um, hear about it, see the results, all of that good stuff. But at the end of the day, like you need to be super cautious, very careful, seek a doctor supervision. I hate having yeah. to say all that stuff, but we have to say all that it's stuff. Necessary. So yeah. And I was going to include it in the details, whether oh, you we said must, it out loud we must, or we not. Must. Yeah. All right. Um, so this next question comes from Philippa Maya. You say um, Monday through Friday, you're always working or working out. What are your strategies for avoiding burnout? I'm trying to balance my um, more than full-time job as a scientist and Ooh. also launching my career as a fiction writer on the side. I'm working all the time, starting to That's get amazing. pretty tired. Love it. Um, love IT. So please keep doing what you're doing. Wow. So first but of how all. how dope is that? Yeah. It's boss ass shit. Like as a scientist and fiction writer, I'm about it. Hashtag word. Uh, so here's my advice. Number one, be excited. Okay, so if you love being a scientist, that's going to help. If you love being a writer, that's going to help. Um, and then give yourself 100% permission to know the difference between fatigue and burning out. If you're fatiguing, get off your lazy ass and get back to work. And literally say that to yourself. Don't tolerate laziness. Don't tolerate giving in to your lesser impulses. If you think I wanted to be reading contracts this morning, you are out of your mind. If you think I wanted to get out of bed, my wife has the room so cold right now because she's like full keto. So for whatever reason, when my wife goes full keto, she gets really hot. I do not. Wish I did. Um, <laughs> so like it is an ice box in our bedroom. It's crazy it, it town. It's like hot. The cup. Uh, not in my bedroom. <laughs> and I wanted nothing more than to stay under the covers. So you have to have rules that get you out. You have to push through fatigue. You have to be willing to suffer mentally. Like, I, can I be real for a second? Mm -hmm. Well, always. Uh, okay, great. Always. Perfect. 99% yeah. of the time when somebody says I want to avoid burning out, in my head, there is a voice screaming, toughen the fuck up, buttercup. <laughs> buttercup. That's the, like... At the end of, because that's what I have to constantly tell myself. Like, mm -hmm. it is really fucking rare that I take time off. Really rare. Monday through Friday for shways. I am way more chill on the weekends, but honestly, my weekends are most people's hardcore, but it's definitely less than what I do during mm -hmm. the week. It isn't because I'm 
experiencing pleasure the entire time. It is because I make demands of myself. It's because I make big demands of myself. So people need to make some crazy fucking demands. But like, that's fatigue. Their burnout is real and you will get to a point where it is now counterproductive and it is not helping you. I don't think most people get there. Um, I will, I don't know her, so I will do the courtesy of assuming that she really can tell the difference and that she pushes through fatigue and she tells herself to suck it up and like really fucking push through and all of that. And now we're at the point where we're reaching um, true burnout. Take time off. Do nothing. Stare at a wall. Um, watch terrible TV. Eat bad food. Uh, go sit on a beach. Like when you know you've put in the work. Yeah. Like, it feels good to take some chill, time. Right? Like if I want to fucking chill, I'm going to chill. And I won't think twice about it, man. Like when my wife and I take our, um, I always want to call it a honeymoon. I may, baby, I know you're listening right now. I may just start calling that shit a honeymoon because <laughs> like we just take a honeymoon That's every nice. year. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. There it is. All right. So on our honeymoon, motherfuckers, uh, I read fiction. It is the only time I allow myself to read fiction. It is amazing. I totally like sink into it. I do not make the demand that it's like amazing fiction and it's going to move my life forward. Entertain me. That's it. That's my <laughs> demand. I sit by the pool. I do nothing. I do not. I'm not ambitious during that time. I am totally chill. I just want to relax yeah. and have a good time. If I go to Vegas, I drink alcohol. I spend most of the time intoxicated. Uh, it is totally chill time. I'm not trying to move my life forward. But I have no guilt because right. all the other time I'm going at 100 miles an hour. So know thyself. Be honest. If you're pushing that hard, then allow yourself the time off. But I don't – I think Monday through Friday, like, it's not a lot to ask. Yeah. That's I mean, truth. it sounds like um, in her scenario, because she's working more than 40 hours a week or – Whatever 40. in her in her science job, right? She said more than full time job, yeah. And then doing this on the side as well. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like if you're passionate about both of them, then just keep hustling at it, but also allow yourself to take those breaks. Yeah, and and I will I will assume like always err on the side of positivity. I'll assume she's crushing yeah. it, and this is real burnout for everybody else. Most people just aren't pushing hard enough, right? And it's how bad do you want it? That's, in fact, that's important to know. How bad do you want it? I don't think there's a, there is no reason that you should be ambitious. There's nothing better about being ambitious. If you are ambitious and you're trying to get something, then you have to make incredible demands of yourself. But there's absolutely nothing morally wrong or socially wrong or anything with somebody who wants to live a life of minimized stress. I fully mm-hmm. respect that. It's not the path I've chosen, but I fully respect that. I totally get that. Yeah. Um, so it's just about being honest with what you want, what you're trying to achieve. And then if you haven't succeeded yet, you're not doing enough. That's The market has just answered that question for you. Hashtag truths. All right. So the we have a couple more shout outs nice. in the comments. We've got um, Peter from the UK, Naomi from El Salvador. I think we did these already. That sounds um, very familiar. Marisol from Mexico. That's new. Mohit. Um, Mohit? Yeah, Mohit. Nice. Kadawal from India. Wow. And Philippa from Portugal. Man. Who's a question we All just answered. All over the place. I love it. Love it. It's amazing. All right. This next question comes from Akash, Akasha. Um, laziness, procrastination. How do you deal with it? Five second thing is not working. 
Interesting. Um, so <clears throat> systems, so the five, four, three, two, one is what she's talking about. It comes from Mel Robbins, um, is a system, but awesome. If it's not working for you, then, um, get a new system for me. Everything comes back to identity. So I don't use five, four, three, two, one either, uh, because without tying it to identity for me, it just wouldn't be very impactful. Uh, so identity, identity, identity. So I am the type of person that I am the type of person that doesn't procrastinate. I am the type of person that isn't, uh, going to give in to my laziness. So I usually don't, uh, try to carve out the impulse. So people will hear me routinely say I am profoundly lazy because I have that impulse. Like my impulse is always to lay in bed. My impulse is always to stop working. My impulse is always to, um, just chill, but I'm the type of person that doesn't give in to that. That's part of my identity, so I push beyond that. So that becomes a trigger for a habit loop. So when, and habit loops are huge, huge, huge. So belief systems, identity, habit loops. So belief system, um, God, it's too complicated to go into now, so let's talk about the other two. And if you wanna know my belief systems, 25 bullet points, you can go search it out and find it, which it should be on our website, but it's not. I have told people that it is, shame on me. Oh no. Um, so we need to get that up. All right. Um, but so I have a 25 point belief system. So that is important to have. You need to know like what are the, what's the framework by which you view the world. Um, the systems that you're gonna use, um, identity. So who am I? What are the things that um, I, to be who I say I am, what do I have to do? So uh, an example, I'm the type of person that gets out of bed in 10 minutes. So, because I don't wanna give in to my lazy impulses. So I look at the clock, as soon as I realize I'm awake, I have 10 minutes to get out of bed. If I get out of bed in that time, then I emotionally reward myself. If I fail to get out of bed in that time, then I emotionally punish myself by being disappointed and in my performance and that I didn't live up to who I say I am. And you know, I mean, it's not like I'm not crippled by it, but it's there. And for that day and on days that I've missed it, I've actually confessed it like during, which I think it's only happened once since we started um, doing these, but uh, it does happen every now and then. I'm just feeling way too lazy or like what happened the one time uh, I pushed it. And instead of getting out of bed in like nine minutes and 50 seconds, I got out of bed in like 10 minutes and three seconds. So oh. like literally as I had sat up and hadn't got off the bed yet, uh, it clicked over. Do you have so, like a timer for that? Oh yeah, you look at the clock. So otherwise, I'd wait for my wife. Because it was like very up. specific. You said oh, ten yeah. minutes and three seconds. Because literally, so I, I saw like it there change. Was like a thing. Oh, no, okay. I saw it change as I you was like, standing Fuck. up. So yeah, I was like, and I can't. <laughs> okay. So I couldn't take the wind that day, right? Right. So that's right. really important. That's fair. Um, and then yeah, so belief systems, systems, identity. I think those were the and, initial three yep, that I said. And so. finding what works for you. Yeah. Yeah. So this next question comes from Orlando Hill. Tom, so what if your passion for your job is what you like doing, like playing video games, but you still don't know how to get through um, what you really get through to what you really want to do or how you want to get there um, and you don't want to stop? And you don't want to stop? Yeah. So you, so you don't quite like, know the path to success. Yeah. So he, he enjoys what he's doing, which is playing right. video games, um, I guess is his career. But he's not quite sure, I guess, what that how to make path a living looks out like. Of it? Yeah. All right. So this is where you just have to learn general business principles. So um, I'll give you a few now. So the only thing you can really monetize is creation of value. Um, 
99% of the time, the way that you create that value is by solving a problem, a nice pain point. So identifying that thing that you're interested in, where is a pain point that you can solve? So playing video games straight up, there's, there's only two answers that I know of. Maybe there's a third. I'll make this one up. I don't know that this actually exists, but probably. Um, teaching other people how to play video games. So becoming a coach is probably a thing. Um, and then the other two are video game tester. So go to a company that has the pain point of, hey, we made this game. We actually don't know if it works properly. Are there bugs in the system? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can play it. And then the third is professional athlete. So actually playing video games for a living, for prize money, getting endorsed, sponsored. Um, so those are the three ready-made paths um, to playing video games and actually getting paid to do so. Um, one opportunity, if you can find, if there's another thing in there that I haven't thought of, because this isn't the path that I'm seeking out, there may be other answers, but those are the three that you could plug into right now. Um, alternatively, doing what we were talking about earlier, which is universe of. So I want to play video games is really shorthand for I love video games. I love the universe. I love being around it. Um, and if none of those three um, actively playing is a way that you want to monetize it, then you go into, okay, I just want to be involved in this. Maybe um, I have artistic talent. I want to help design video games. Maybe I have coding talent. I want to help build video games. Maybe I have um, leadership talent and I want to manage a team that's working on a video game or direct a video game or produce a video game, whatever the case may be. Uh, or maybe you want to sell video games and you want to be a marketer for a video game company or there's just like a million I could keep going. But there's a million universe of options within that. Um, and then just like the simple, the dead simple answers, do the deep work of figuring it out. Like when was the last time that you sat and said for the next two hours, um, I'm going to think about this and I'm going to start with 30 minutes of meditation and I'm going to not think about anything. I'm totally clear in my mind. I'm going to get into a calm, creative state, alpha wave state through the meditation. After that, I'm going to think a tape for the next hour and a half and I'm going to keep a computer next to me and I'm going to just take notes and all the ideas that pop up, pop up, um, that. Uh, find somebody who's living the life that you want to live and model yourself after them. So who's making a living in video games the way you want to make a living in video games? Go to them and give them the magical speech that I've given to everybody, uh, which is find the person who's living the life that you want to live and say exactly the following words. I'm going to work harder and smarter for you for free for the next 90 days. At the end of the 90 days, if I've proven myself valuable enough that you'd rather pay me than lose me, then pay me. If not, then we shake hands and part ways. And what I got in exchange is connections and knowledge and you got free labor. And so go find that person who's living your life. A lot of times people haven't even like identified somebody that's living their ideal life. And I think having that model, knowing exactly who that is, um, taking a photo off the internet of them and putting it on your fridge to remind you, obsessively learning about their story. How did they do it? What were the steps that they worked, that they did? You know it at least worked one time. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's it. Yeah, and some people make binders for that. Like Love. that actually have the photo and then like basically all the information that they pulled out and they like essentially read it like a book every day. I respect that. All right. Um, so we have about like 20 or 15 minutes left okay. in the live and we have a couple more questions. So we're going to try and rapid crank them out for everyone okay. who's tuned in. Nice. So this next question comes from Doris Tan. As a small business, the hardest thing to do is hire your first employee. Who was your first employee? What did he or she do for your company? What do you look for in terms of hiring your first employee? Would it be wise to hire at a top dollar someone who can take you to the next level at an early stage or would it be better to hire 
five employees to help lessen the workload versus one high income first employee? There's no way to answer Ooh. that universally. So I'd have to know your business. I'd have to know your pain point because that's what it really comes down to. What is your pain point? Um, I would also, if I'm going to go sort of high end, I'd rather a partner than a paid employee because that puts a gun to your head. And now you have burn. In most companies, one of the biggest expenses is going to be payroll. So you want to keep that down as much as you can. Um, the example that I can give at Quest, the first employee that we hired, although very briefly, was somebody to um, do like the manual stuff. Go, we started um, having like to do fulfillment and move things around. Like we needed somebody that could like rent a U-Haul truck and go pick ingredients up and like all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So first of all, there were a bunch of us already. So I think what, there was five of us, six of us? Yeah. Um, so you had the three founders, uh, myself included, my two partners. You had um, Lisa and Shannon, Ron's wife, Kay. I can't remember in the beginning if she like did any, maybe she did like a little bit, some measuring and stuff. Um, and so all of us were working for free. So you get a lot of momentum created by people that are um, incentivized from an equity performance standpoint. And so they're not drawing a salary. And that is incredibly beneficial. And when your company isn't worth anything, like that's the time to bring somebody in. If they're willing to gamble and say, I would rather have equity than a paycheck, um, that's where things get really, really interesting. So they're going to have to keep their day job and they're going to have to do this nights and weekends and all, which is exactly what we were doing. So um, doing that can be incredibly, incredibly useful and it is way better to have a smaller percentage of a huge pie than 100% of a smaller pie. So get partners on if you can, if they're people that you trust, you have established relationships with, it'd be amazing. Um, first sort of paid employee, again, pain point, a bookkeeper is the, so the first what I'll call non-core function employee that we brought on to impact theory was a bookkeeper. And that is because, dude, you want to talk about a time suck? Good Lord. So even just to understand it well enough, I would lose the vast majority of my time. So bringing somebody on, that was part-time. Bringing somebody on that could do that. So that was a huge pain point that was very easy to identify. I knew what a time suck that was going to be. Um, so we brought somebody on. Um, yeah, so pain point, what takes up your time? Read The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. Uh, he talks about working on your business, not in your business. Um, that's huge, huge, huge. So find out what's taking your time. So if it's making your widget, bring someone on that can make your widget so that you can really look at the business from a much higher macro level and really figure out where you need to go. And cool. you said to go fast and we did not. All right, not. so the Just next one. This one comes from Sindre Hellsmark. Well, it was very... It was a multi-layered question. What possibilities do you see with VR in the future? I just finished the book Ready Player One and it became the truest and became truly excited by, um, yeah, but I, also so slightly scared. I think, yeah, Ready Player One is, is I think, the vision for what is going to happen minus the dystopian future. I don't think there's any reason that we would need. It's certainly possible, but I don't think that it, that it uh, is a necessary part of this. Um, so... Yeah, I think VR and AR is the future. I think it's going to change everything. I think that it will be as uh, powerful as the internet was, maybe more so, but certainly it will be on par with the internet. That's how deeply, and for people that grew up with the internet, I don't think you realize just how much it changed everything. Um, so sure. it will change everything the way the internet changed everything. It's massive. I dig it. All right, this next question comes from Jason Allery. 
Tom, um, I recently started following podcasts similar to yours, and I'm finding myself just absolutely intimidated by all the great people I'm trying to learn from. How do you surround yourself with greatness and not feel intimidated and small? Um, uh, I think that, so it's really twofold. One, I'm not afraid to be, I'm not afraid to feel small. I think there's a lot of power in that. And so I envision, literally envision myself sitting at people's feet. And I have a willingness to sit at anybody's feet. So I don't need people to see me on a pedestal. I don't need that. That's not my thing. So um, when you are very, very comfortable being the learner, sitting at other people's feet, learning from them, and that you understand that on a long enough timeline, you will aggregate those skills and talents more effectively than anybody who's ever lived. And that's how I keep myself from being consumed by the notion of sitting at other people's feet. Um, I see myself in a very long timeline and I just know other people aren't willing to be as humble as I'm willing to be. Uh, they're not willing to humiliate themselves, embarrass themselves the way that I am in order to accumulate the knowledge um, and then view themselves on a long timeline. So uh, I would encourage you to do that. Don't think of yourself as the sum total of um, some grand learning equation, like you're in the middle of something. So you're not after the equal sign yet. You're still in the middle of that thing. So most people I think think they stop sort of uh, learning at like 18, 19. Uh, it's just not true. So you're still learning, you're still growing. So don't judge yourself as if you're complete and they're complete and they're just better than you. Um, they're just another person that you can learn from, learn from, learn from, and that over time the student will become the master and you will turn their face to alabaster if anybody knows that song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, that's how I do that. I'm just so, so, so grateful that these people take the time to educate me. Like, it's amazing. We live in an amazing time where people want to share their secrets. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, I'm eternally grateful to authors for the same reason. So yeah, don't get lost in that. See yourself in a long timeline. Super awesome. All right. So the next one comes from Laura Dufresne. Can the you, one and only Laura Dufresne. One and only rock climber extraordinaire. Can you clarify the distinction between fatigue and burnout? I'm learning to take note of my body. If my body is breaking down and I'm getting physically ill, I know it's time to slow down. I've been known to work through illness until I nearly have pneumonia, and I've always struggled with feeling guilty when I have to slow down and rest. Yeah, so Laura, you're amazing, and you are one of the brightest spots in this community. So I say the following with all the love and respect in the world. That's crazy. And there are people in my life, namely my wife, who have that same trouble. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Like about the time you're about to get pneumonia, like that's ridiculous. So do and believe that which moves you towards your goal. If your goal is not pneumonia, stop, relax, like take a second. uh, I I don't understand like the feelings of guilt around that. It's like, so for instance... I am super ambitious. I have huge demands that I place on myself. But when I go to bed, I remind myself, you have one job right now, and that job is to sleep. That way, I don't, like, my mind doesn't start racing and, ah, like, you know, I'm trying to... Dude, right now is not the time to be ambitious. Right now is the time to slow down. Right now is the time to sleep. You don't have another job. You don't have problems to solve. Right now, you need to sleep because that's how you're going to get the things you want. And because thinking that way moves me towards my goals because I need to be cognitively optimized, to do that I need to sleep, so I'm not conflicted. So if you're really trying to get somewhere in life, you wanna push hard, 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 but if you're literally breaking down, 
either go figure out how to fix your body, your immune system, whatever, because maybe you're making mistakes there. But until you solve those, you need to back off. So yeah, that, yeah, that's just like do and believe that which moves you towards your goals. And so I don't see how grinding yourself into the dirt serves you. I just don't see it. And so because I don't see that, I would say relax. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Like I have definitely fallen into that pitfall myself. I did have pneumonia once and I just kept going. You told me about that. Yeah. That's crazy. And it like freaked you out a little. (laughs) It's so counterproductive. (laughs) Yeah. I, but the thing is like, I only felt a little bit weak, like not all the time. And so I kind of didn't really think about it too much. It was like an after, it was an afterthought. It was very strange. I know. So I have a, it was the point that I basically like almost collapsed that I was like, oh, okay. Like I'm probably still sick. (laughs) that's really interesting because if you're not getting signals i get it right like i'm not going to slow down if i I think that i can push through right but like it was it was signals that i feel like weren't that bad so it's like you know i would get like a little winded going up the stairs but i'm like okay like who doesn't get winded a little bit but it was like worse probably worse than normal but it just almost became that like new set point so that's tough to like throw shade at because if you're feeling like strong enough to keep going then keep going yeah and that's but that's that's usually how that ends up going so it's i guess yeah it's a trial and error you have to eventually learn how to say okay like i have to back off which i've gotten better at and you definitely have to you have to find the line where inside you know you've done enough right inside you know like i'm going hard for that cake And even if it's like, just create rules for yourself, right? So Monday through Friday, I'm either working or working out. Okay, well, that's easy to determine. Am I working or working out right now? No, I'm not. I'm like goofing up. Okay, well, then you're not living up to what you said you were going to do. So uh, one thing, and I don't know if, I think I've talked about this before, but just in case I haven't, like there are times where I only do things that are pleasurable. So like on the weekends, I really, really try to avoid Anything, so even though I work, I really try to avoid anything that isn't pleasurable work. So for instance, I'm not gonna read a contract on a weekend unless like it is fucking dire straits and like like, there's some massive time crunch and it has to be done. Otherwise, that is a Monday through Friday activity, let me tell you Mm -hmm. right now. Um, But like I'll go do, um, I'll reply to social comments because I love doing that, it's a lot of fun. Uh, so I do that. Um, there's certain content that I would be willing to create on the weekends because that's a lot of fun. Uh, doing research, which I love. Do that. Reading, I love it. I do that. Um, so things like that, like on the weekends, I'm really trying to optimize for excitement so it doesn't feel mm-hmm. like work, right? So, right. And that's, in fact, going back to giving a really specific way to avoid burnout, like making rules like that. So Monday through Friday, yep, got to grind. And then also I segment my time. So uh, from 8 to 10, it's called my importance, important, important things. things time. So that's where I do all that grindy bullshit. First of all, I do it right away. So if I'm reading contracts, like... For sure, if I have a contract to read, those two hours are taken up with contracts. Um, And I may have to read them more later in the day as well, but that I try to do. It's very, very rare that I'll read a contract after 7 p.m. So um, usually around 6.30, I've moved into social mode, and now I'm responding to comments, and I'll do that until I go to bed. Um, So things like that where it's like, you know, okay, God, like maybe... What? Whoa. Are we over time? 
Well, I don't have 11, any alert. Yeah. I was going to say I don't have any alarms going off before 11. <laughs> Literally, I need to push that back a minute or two. Um, so, yeah, rules like that will really help you like segment things out so that you're not like because to be because I start getting really tired around like 730 mm-hmm. and at like 730. I'm like, and I got to bed at eight. Uh, which is why it's not hard for me to go to bed at nine, by the way. So for me, like to be doing contracts and stuff, it's going to be suboptimal, all that. So I need something that's fun and exciting. So makes sense. All right. So we finished some of our rapid fire questions, but more God, questions I'm came in. Rapid fire. That was ridiculous. More questions came in. If we... oh, That might be a no, I guess. <laughs> all right. But we'll end with a quick shout out. <laughs> Uh, to Yannick Ether, um, this weekend he's doing major preparations um, for a trip to Barcelona to Whoa. attend Mind Valley U. Oh, and he says it's all thanks to nice. the Impact Theory League, wow, which is amazing. like a shameless plug. So yay! Hey, no, no shame in plugging that. <laughs> so I'm really excited about I that community. So thanks League. everybody for being a part of it and helping it grow. Um, and if you haven't already, go check it out. It's called the Impact Theory League. Just type it into Facebook and you'll find it. Most definitely. And you will be dealing with this incredible woman. She is Hi, all over that thing. So get in there, meet some new people, connect with Cindy, uh, keep tabs on everything that we're doing, and share with people what you're doing, which is really a big part of it. Yeah. Word. For sure. Most all definitely. Right. So I think... We're about to close. We are. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, these are a blast to do. It is a weekly show. So if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Ciao. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.